0: if you feel like money isn't like this huge problem, but could it be better? That's who this podcast is for.
1: Right, the most exciting part about understanding the money story, it's it's about understanding your past so that you can actually be the writer of your future. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. I'm Dylan Pollock
0: And I'm Rebecca Brooks.
1: And And we're we're Rad Rad Coaches. Coaches. And we help millennial married couples improve how they manage money together and strengthen their marriage.
0: Because let's face it, mixing money and relationships is hard.
1: How do I talk to my spouse without having an argument?
0: How do we get on the same page?
1: How do we have confidence in our financial future?
0: In this podcast, we'll help you answer all of these questions so you can set your finances and marriage up for success.
1: And focus on the more important things in life, like quality time with each other and living a life of purpose.
0: Welcome to today's episode. If you haven't noticed, we're making some changes around here. We're niching down. We're slightly pivoting. That's what they
1: say to do.
0: That's the jargon. That's the the jargon. We have been feeling this calling towards uh, serving married couples specifically for a while now. And we're just full on committing to it.
1: Yeah, totally. So this is a change in podcast and our program. And really, it's it's because it's the journey that we went through. It was like we got serious about our personal finances because of our relationship. We just didn't want money to get in the way of it. And so it just, we've been trying to figure out who it is specifically that we want to help the most. And it just made so much sense to, to help the people who were in our shoes just a few years ago.
0: Yeah. If you follow us closely, you've noticed maybe some changes around here. So you're, you've probably already caught on to this, but there's just so you know, there's going to be a lot more content that's specifically geared towards married couples and managing money together. And so it's really relationships and finances. And we're we're at that crossroads. And we felt this pull throughout the past couple of years.
1: Yeah, we've played with the idea quite a few times. Helping couples in coaching has always been really fun and a good time. And we've really thought like there could be something there. But it's always scary to commit to doing something totally new and yeah. to kind of leave the old behind. And I'll pull a parallel here. You might even be feeling that way with your personal finances. Like what I'm doing right now is very comfortable and to give up and sacrifice. You know, that's a word we don't use a lot nowadays and people don't like it. But literally to sacrifice certain things in the present to make your future better is difficult and scary and that's like stepping
0: into the unknown yeah
1: and that's where we are with this business is we're stepping into something new and scary but also so exciting because of all the opportunity and it's going to be fun
0: well and new but not new right because again we walk this journey we've coached a lot of couples Uh um it's really just new in that we're just specifically saying oh that's that's our specialty now and it's so exciting and i can't wait because we have so much good stuff in store for you so yeah um that's the big announcement we are specifically focusing on married couples and their finances now if you're not married that's okay obviously there's still going to be a ton of stuff here that you can learn from so yeah. if you're even if you're single dating engaged whatever we still would love if you kept listening because we really think that eventually if you want to get married you're going to face the thing a lot of the things that we talk about right and one of the things that we think really has led to our success very much so in our marriage was when we were single, we were always trying to become the best version of ourselves so that we could show up to the relationship as our best self.
1: Exactly. Yes. So if you're in any form of a relationship at all and and, and thinking about your future, this is definitely going to help you as your relationship progresses and gets more serious. It, there will be things that run parallel to your your current relationship and money right now. Yeah. And so- You're going to find value in this as well, especially, you know, for those people who are really dating and serious about it. It's like, hey, these are the conversations we wish we probably were having a lot of times before we got married or or if we knew about these things before we got married, it would have been a lot easier for us. We'd be light years ahead of where we are now today.
0: Yeah. And as opposed to just having to stumble in the dark and figure it out by ourselves. So we hope that you stick with us. Please keep listening. Keep improving yourself every single day. You know, 1% better every single day. That's what we strive for here. So that brings us to the topic of this episode, and that is how to successfully, how to successfully manage money with your spouse.
1: Well, yeah, because there's plenty of unsuccessful ways to do it, too. Yeah. So that's a good qualifier.
0: I mean, which is why we're we're pivoting, why we're like really just saying, OK, we're going to focus on married couples because we have not only enjoyed helping the couples that we've coached already mm-hmm. to get to this other side, but we just see how important it is and how needed it is because the statistics for divorce and the relationship between that right. and money ma- management in a marriage they're undeniable.
1: Right. Finances are the reason that 20% of marriages failed for the baby boomer generation. And then if you look at the next generation Gen X, the percent of divorces due to finances actually increased to 40 something percent. Do you remember the exact it's like number? 42. 42. So for yeah. like over 40% of divorces are due to finances for Gen X. So we don't have a statistic for millennials, but we can kind of see that there's a common trend.
0: Well, if you you can't really say a trend that quickly, but it might be a trend. It might be a trend. One, <laughs> it, one
1: might say-
0: One could guess. Let's
1: say it's a hypothesis that millennials <laughs> and the next generation- will be might be higher. Will be higher.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do think that we could probably guess that that will be the, the outcome, but yeah, let's just kind of- frame this a little bit more here. So, you know, everybody's very familiar with the fact that around 50% of marriages in general end in divorce. Uh So that's been around for quite a while. So what Dylan's saying is that out of that 50% of marriages that end in divorce, 20% of those divorces for baby boomers end because of financial issues. So there's some sort of friction around finances that is so strong that it leads to divorce. Yep. Then for Gen X, the generation after that, 50 percent of those marriages that ended in divorce, of that 50 percent of those marriages, 42 percent, ended because of financial issues. So disputes within the marriage about money. And that's just the ones who actually, I think, cognizantly identified that it was specifically money. Because who's to know? I mean, there's so many other things, right? There's infidelity. There's even financial infidelity. But... The thing is like, yeah, we're just not headed in a positive direction.
1: Well, yeah. And I think what you're saying there is that those were the people who got divorced because of the problem. There's plenty of people that are dealing with finances in in their relationship and it is an issue for them. But they mm-hmm. it's not so bad that they've, they yes. they've divorced. And yet. that's who
0: this podcast is for. Uh-huh. Is you you know, and and one thing we like to say too is like even if you feel like money isn't like this huge problem that, you know, you're on the you know, the verge of divorce because of. But could it be better? That's who this podcast is for.
1: Right. What if money, like you never had to think about money in the relationship mm-hmm. when money was a non-issue and you never thought about it. Like the absence of problems, like there might not be like a oh, this golden moment, but the absence of the problems is the golden moment here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Especially because if that trend does continue to where millennials and Gen Z and all that. The divorce rate continues to climb because people are arguing about money because it's just getting more complex.
1: It is. It's very complex nowadays. Yeah. Like our grandparents. Yeah. There's one job. Yep. The job came with a pension. Mm-hmm. They probably had six bills total. Mortgage, utilities, insurance.
0: And you had like a tab gro- at the grocery store. And, yeah. And so you paid, you, had that once, you paid that once a month. <laughs> you know, like that's how simple it was. Right. And so, yeah. And now you're DIYing your retirement you're having to like figure out how the heck am I going to afford a house in this world? And how am I going to do all these different things? And, and then you got you, student you...
1: loan debt and there's Robin yes. Hood and all these ways to invest and there's Bitcoin. And what and the what... heck is
0: life insurance? You right, know, It's getting more and more confusing with like every moment that goes by almost. And there's just more things to be considered and you feel like you have to make sense of it all. Right. And that's before we even get to the emotional side of it, which is why so many people get divorced about it because money is so emotional and you bring two people who have completely different views, completely different mindsets and concerns and all these all these things and they're trying to figure out how to manage money together and it, we don't know how to talk about money.
1: Right. It, it's, it's very difficult. No it's one's, so hard. It's not role modeled to us. We. Most families don't talk about money. It's an Mm -hmm. adult issue. So as growing up as a kid, you don't really talk about it that much.
0: Or potentially you saw your parents fight about it. I mean, they were the boomers, right? The 20% of boomers were fighting about money. So, or you got divorced about it yeah. more than that we're probably fighting about it
1: and then employers are telling you don't talk about what how much you make and with employees like and that that's its own problem in and of itself but mm-hmm. that uh but that also is another place where we're like oh we shouldn't talk hush, about money and it's I like when push you're push growing out. up as a kid what are the three things you don't talk about sex politics religion and how i'm gonna throw money in there so four things i you... mean we
0: all know that it's involved imbo- it's included it's but...
1: all included in these yeah. things that we it's aren't supposed thing... to talk about yeah it's
0: a rude it's rude to talk about money yeah that's totally the taboo and so because of that, we don't then we get into these relationships with our spouses that, you know, they're the most important per- person in the world to us. And but it comes to this really emotional topic, but we don't know how to talk about it in a healthy way or communication in general. Right. Is like a huge hurdle for for relationships. Yeah. And then you add this really challenging topic on top of it and it just becomes really tumultuous. So we're here to really help you figure out What are the things that you can do? How can you actually be successful managing money with your spouse or even start taking steps towards that relationship, even within like who you're dating or engaged, et cetera?
1: Exactly. And that's the first step to having to successfully manage money as a couple. You got to learn to communicate about personal finances in a productive manner. If the conversation is heated, if it's not in a normal talking tone, you know, if it's loud (laughs) and argumentative, that's not very helpful. It's yeah. actually just going to hurt you a lot. So learning to communicate about personal finances is absolutely the first thing you got to do because there's no improving if you don't talk about it.
0: Well, and there's just so many different things to communication, right? We know that it's not only being vocal, but also being an active listener. It's your tone. It's your inflection. It's everything, right? It's your mm-hmm. volume. Like you said, it's all these sorts of things. So how do we communicate with each other in general? But then especially how do we communicate about stressful topics? Because, again, finances, especially if things aren't going great, if you do see a lot of room for improvement, mm-hmm. that's a stressful topic, right? And so, and everybody's got their feelings about it. So how do you address that? That's step number one is learning how to communicate about a really stressful issue without it turning into a fight.
1: Totally. Some big things that I think of when I think of communication in couples, like one of the things is you can never bombard your spouse because- If I come home from work and I'm really tired and I'm exhausted and I hear that money is an issue right now, it's not the thing I want to talk about. So making sure you set up times to talk and Mm -hmm. setting up some guidelines about how the conversation is going to go. There's almost like pre-conversations about the conversation. So you set up some guardrails and rules so that, you know, it's like- We won't make it longer than 30 to 45 minutes, our first conversation. And if it starts to get intense and we're a little heated, we'll say, okay, we need to have a timeout and just kind of create these rules where it's, we're going to have a conversation. We're looking at this problem together Mm -hmm. and it's not you. It's not me. Big thing here. It's like money is its own thing. We're talking about that. We're not talking about the other person. It can be really positive and very helpful. And then when you figure out the communication side, then the conversation gets easier and you'll start to solve more problems.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if uh, you're as you're listening, you have a pen and paper. But if you don't, maybe hit pause, go grab one, because Dylan just gave you a masterclass on how to start improving your communication <laughs> with, you. with your spouse, with any topic, really, but especially the really stressful ones. Because, again, like I'm saying, it's you know it's easy to talk about the simple things in life, but the hard topics, that's where the rubber really meets the road. And that's going to be the most important thing to kind of focus on is just how do we handle hard topics? And, you know, finances is just one of the many things in life that is going to be really hard. So you're going to have to figure this out eventually one way or another if you want to get through it, you know, in any kind of good style without it causing really big problems.
1: Right. And what I like about what you just said there, too, is that the learning to communicate about finances will also help you learn to communicate about the other difficult issues in your relationship. So by prioritizing your finances and looking at it through this lens, also it has an an effect all over the relationship when it comes to communication.
0: Yeah. So that brings us to step two. And step two is working to understand each other's money story.
1: Now, this is a really big one when it comes to your relationship because this is your money story. Think of it as like how you, what are your values and beliefs around money, and where did that all come from? And why do you feel and react a certain way when money is discussed? And that's really important because it's good for you to know, but you're going to have two different money stories that could be entirely different. And so you're viewing money through an entirely different lens than your spouse. And that's actually going to be a source of why communication can be hard in the first place.
0: And the communication can actually help you work to get to that level of understanding one another. I think. Um, You know, you said values and beliefs, that's huge. But even just understanding what role has money played in your life up till now and what has that been like for you? You know, Dylan and I have talked a lot about our differences in background and how we grew up. That was one thing that really kind of opened this up for us was actually just getting to understand how I grew up one way, you grew up another and so you viewed money through one lens. I viewed money through a completely different one. But once I, we both understood the different ways that we viewed it, we could understand why we maybe responded to certain things the way that we did. So why one of us was maybe more risk tolerant, why one of us was maybe more conservative, all those different things. So you can kind of see like, oh, that's why you're that way. And that's right. really, really helpful.
1: Well, and then once you understand those things, then you get to rewrite the story for what you want your future to look like, which is- Yeah, if you which, don't
0: like something about your money story, you can start to yeah, change it.
1: Which is really the most exciting part about understanding the money story. It's, it's about understanding your past so that you can actually be the writer of your future. Yeah. And that's really the big piece of understanding the money story.
0: Mm-hmm. It's understanding, you know, I, Rebecca, need to understand Dylan's money story- So that I can understand when we're having conversations about money, I can understand like his point of view because he's had a different life than I have. So that brings us right into step three for successfully managing money as a couple is learning to come together and work together as a team towards a shared goal. This is something that I think is really challenging for us independent folks out there. And we have to kind of learn how to align and work together towards the shared mission because most of our lives, we're not really doing that. We might have our friends and our families that give us advice and stuff like that, but it's not actually two heads coming together to formulate a, a strategy and a plan to execute something, to reach a goal. We don't really do that a whole lot. I mean, outside of maybe school projects and work projects, but right. even that's different.
1: Well, and, the, and so many times there's a competitive thing in those those places, and maybe that's why it's a problem in the relationship is Ooh. that a lot of this has always been really competitive, yeah. and so like coming together, it's like it's like that is a
0: big problem. We me
1: see versus you. I mean, I know that we're competitive in our own relationship, <laughs> so no,
0: <laughs>
1: All right? No, definitely not us.
0: I don't even see it. Yeah.
1: So. I think yeah, there's a little bit of a competitive nature where it's like, well, that's that's totally it. Is it's you're the, so like, right. No, you're just right. You're uh, just it's right. like, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Why do we need to come together? I know what's right. You're doing it wrong. Things like that. But when you really like take a step back and you realize, hey, we have a lot more in common than we realize here. Like, what do we want? We want to buy a house. We want to take care of our family. We want to be able to give. We want to go on a vacation. Well, the, all those things actually, like when you look and take a step back, it's like, wait, why are we arguing about this? Like. We really are talking about the same exact stuff.
0: Yeah, it, I think that, that you're right. It's, it, there's There can be competitiveness. So some things that we just see a lot with couples is like uh-huh. focusing on who's right versus who's wrong, looking for somebody to blame for the problems, focusing on what you don't have in common versus what you do, which kind of back to like a lot of the times we talk about mindset, our brain just tends to focus on the negative. I think that's kind of in there. But another reason, a lot of other reasons that it's really challenging to come together as a couple and work together, especially with your money is there's some underlying things there there's a lot of fear there's a lot of control issues there's a lot of hyper independence that we've talked about um lack of trust all that sort of stuff so it's hard you you have to do a lot in the relationship to feel like you can work together as a team because you have to feel like you can rely on each other like you're going to show up when you need to it's a whole lot of stuff that you have that like goes into that learn to work together as a team towards a shared goal it's it's like It sounds simple, but it's huge and it's hard.
1: I really like the point that you made about relying on each other too. I mean, that really is like until you can really trust the other person and say like, I know that you have our best interests at heart. Yeah. It's going to be really hard to come together as a team. Yeah. And then you got to think about it. It is coming together when you do that. You are a team. It's like you can Mm -hmm. do so much more as two people. You're just going to really be able to find solutions a lot better. And really grow together. And that's really exciting when you do come together. But yeah, the the relying on the other person, that's, a, that's an excellent point.
0: Well, and the biggest thing that's in your way, you want to put it in one word? Ego.
1: Ego. Totally.
0: It's ego. It's protecting you. It's also trying to like assert dominance. Right. It's There's also competitiveness. Like, it's like, e- it's just ego all day.
1: All day.
0: <laughs> all day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... I- um, uh, so that step three is learn to come together, work towards a shared goal.
1: Well, because then step four is the opposite of that like ego thing. It's support each other.
0: Yeah. And what we mean by this is supporting one another in overcoming individual challenges. So let's see if we can think of an example here. How about
1: um, I had $30,000 worth of student loan debt and Rebecca had like seven. It was like Cool. Uh, So we're getting married and I have a bunch of debt I'm bringing to the table and Rebecca makes more money than me at the time. And so it's like, cool,
0: cool, depending, cool, 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 cool. depending on how
1: you view that, it could be like, oh, Dylan is finding someone to help him solve his problem. Or Rebecca's like, oh, my goodness, Dylan's coming in with a lot of debt. I don't have that. That's that's pretty scary
0: yeah it was yeah yeah i think that that's that's a good example of you know how did we come together to support one another in that Mm -hmm. uh i think another one that get ties really into a lot of like the trust issues and stuff that people have around this stuff is someone maybe in every relationship there's one person who's more of a spender and one who's more of a saver Uh and so i think that like if you've As a team, have you know identified the you know who that that spender is? If you are the saver, support the person if they're trying to change their spending habits. Don't beat them up.
1: Totally. Don't
0: don't tear them apart. Don't play the blame game. Support them and help them actually be better with their money. And there's a whole lot of ways you can do that. But you need to actually support one another in being the best versions of themselves.
1: Yeah. Well, and. I'm not going to say that being a saver is a great thing either. I, I'm the saver in the relationship. This boy
0: has to be convinced to buy new stuff. Well, socks. that's
1: where I was going with it was that like, I mean, I was such a frugal individual that I just let things kind of like go. And then I'm like,
0: when we started dating, I was like, you don't have any cups. <laughs> it's
1: like, yeah, I got a Nalgene. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And like dirt bags, if you're listening, I know you can relate. You're like, yeah, why do you need a glass? You yeah. got, got algae. Yeah,
1: I got multiple analogies. This is yeah. not a problem at all in my life. And so I was
0: like, I'm gonna buy some glassware.
1: Oh my gosh, TJ uh, Maxx like opened my life. I was like, so many deals. Dylan is
0: Dylan is a Max That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're totally right. Being a spender, you know, having that be kind of easier for you to spend money than other people, like that's not necessarily a bad thing unless it's holding you back from your goals. But to the opposite side of that is saving too aggressively. As we know, we're not big fans of the fire movement for this exact reason. You can be too good at saving money and it can actually make you just as unhappy as if you had like no money at all.
1: Yeah. Too much delayed gratification is That's just it. as bad as instant gratification. It's just its own problem. There's always like it's always the middle ground that it always seems to be the right thing to do.
0: Yeah. Which is just really hard to strike.
1: Right. It is hard to strike.
0: Really hard to live there. For a lot of people. um, Yeah. So that's number four. four. That was, yeah. So that was number four, uh, support one another in overcoming individual challenges. So the next step in learning how to be successful managing money as a couple is to allow yourself to be more interdependent.
1: Yes. This is one of the biggest fears that couples have when they come together with their finances is the loss of independence. They've been independent their entire lives and especially with their finances and they want to be or they want to be and it's really scary they don't want to give this independence up and it so it's like this it's a wrestling match with yourself and your partner of like i want to be independent but i want to come together and but they want to be independent but they want to come together and it's hard it's a it's a weird dance maybe it's not wrestling it's a dance and you're trying to figure it out and independence is really important to people but coming together is so powerful in a lot of ways. But the point I want to make first is that the interdependence actually brings you closer together and at the same time gives you more independence because you've created so much trust and communication that the other person's not worried about what you're doing and you have that independence that you wanted.
0: Yeah. And believe it or not, this has actually been studied and proven. So... It's, it's really true. It's fascinating how it works. Like when there's so much trust and you know how you can rely on each other and that you're going to show up, then you're able to act freely and actually more independently, even though you're also being interdependent. But I think the reason that this is also less common is because most people think that there's only two options. They think there's only independent or codependent.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the, that's where people get turned off is this codependency.
0: Yes, they don't want to be seen as being codependent.
1: Do you want a stage five clinger on your hands?
0: Definitely. I don't know. I mean, I think I'm a stage five clinger. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs>
1: well, I, know, I don't think you're a clinger, but yeah, I don't think you're going anywhere either.
0: <laughs> oh, um. But yeah, so people just think that there's only two options. There's be independent or codependent. And being codependent, they just, you know, makes them feel like they're a child or something like that, that no self-respecting adult should be codependent. But really relying on each other for certain things, knowing that like, hey, you're going to take care of this. I'm going to take care of that. You know, those sorts of things. That's not unhealthy. I think that that's just a misconception that there's only the two options. Like there is this sweet little middle ground called (laughs) interdependent where I know that I can rely on you to do the things that you're going to do and you can rely on me to do the things that I'm going to do.
1: Right. And you can see how all these things are really starting to tie together because if we're interdependent, then we're supporting each other. And so what ends up happening is like with, with the debt example earlier. Rebecca's helping me get out of my debt. But it, it, at the same time, it is our debt because it was holding both of us back. Yeah. And so by working together, we get out of it faster. And then we can start doing more of the things that we want to do together. But you get to, to support each other. You also get to support and help your partner out with their problems. And, and that's, that's a nice feeling is to know that someone has your back.
0: But the magic thing here and why this is separate from the other point of support one another Is that this is actually you letting go and letting yourself be supported, which is freaking hard.
1: Right. Because, you know, society kind of makes you feel like, oh, you should be able to know all the answers and figure it out on your own. and. It's well, and the- it's just
0: scary. Again, it comes back to fear and trust yeah. and ego and self-preservation and all these different things. And especially if you do have like baggage, right? You're like, well, people just abandon me and people don't show up when they need to and all that sort of stuff. Like if you have any kind of inner child wounds like that, it's even harder. So it's like, you're right. It's society's telling you all these things. But then there's also just like, what is, what is your lived experience? Right. And Every it can be past experience. Really
1: it's a new lens that you're going to view things yeah, through. Yeah,
0: and so it can be really hard to allow yourself to be supported, because you you can support people all day, but if you're not letting them do it in turn, support you in turn, then you're really just going to burn out too, and and you're just and you're only going to go so far. So,
1: yeah, sorry, you just made a really good point. I don't even know if I need to follow that up with anything. Well,
0: then let's just move to the last point. Okay. <laughs>
1: And so the sixth and final step that you need to successfully manage money as a couple is to set goals and priorities together.
0: So by this, what we mean for setting goals and priorities together is being able to come to agreement on what you should focus on first and then second and third and fourth. And that's really hard um, with a lot of the couples that we've coached. has been a challenge because, again, you just both have different ideas You both have different concerns, all these different things. And so to be able to come to an agreement on, hey, this this should be our first goal. This should be what we need to focus on first. Um, There's a lot of different reasons why it's challenging to come to alignment here. But you absolutely have to, because if one of you is like, oh, I think we should pay off all the debt first. Oh, no, I think we should uh, invest first. And then you're you're both trying to do too much at the same time, and you know we've we're not big fans of that,
1: yeah, and we actually covered a lot of this in the new year's episode, yes, uh talking about how to set financial goals.
0: it was episode four, it's three or four,
1: yeah, and we'll, we'll link that one, and remind you which one it is, but that one we really dive into a lot of reasons why you need to prioritize your goals and to say that I'm gonna execute on this one first, mm-hmm. this one second, because if you're trying to do too many things at once. You're spreading yourself way too thin. And that's where you just kind of like throw your hands up and give up.
0: Exactly. And then if you're, you know, two different people kind of operating two different plans, then that's just going to water it down and you're going to be sabotaging each other and it's going to be a mess. And if you're like, I've been there. Yeah, that sounds about right. Then you know what we're talking about, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think one of the, the really great advantages of being in a committed relationship in a marriage is that you get to Fast track this because there's two of you and a lot of households are dual income nowadays. So yeah. it's like, oh, I could I could have paid off all of my debt by myself. But since we were married and working together, we were collectively doing it and it got us out faster, which is amazing. Like you, not everybody has that opportunity or a luxury. Yeah. And so that's really like that's that's an advantage that couples have over individuals is yeah. that they get to work together and overcome obstacles or get to those goals faster.
0: All right, so just to recap the steps to successfully managing money as a couple. Number one was learn to communicate, especially about stressful topics. Number two, understand each other's money story. Number three, learn to come together working as a team towards a shared goal. Number four was support one another overcoming individual challenges. Number five, allow yourself to be more interdependent. And number six, set goals and priorities together and come to agreement.
1: And as you follow these six steps, you're going to realize like this isn't going to just improve my finances overall. It's going to improve your relationship with your significant other and your finances, which is a huge benefit. It's, it's, a, it's a double win.
0: It is. And we, we're big fans of double wins. Um, we talk about it all the time <laughs> in our household but it it really is so important and it's why we're choosing to make this pivot and serve couples in particular because as you can tell we've learned a lot over the past couple of years doing it for ourselves and working with other clients and seeing what are the common things that they're struggling with mm-hmm. and how do they really get through this because it's not a math equation and what is really at the root of it why is it that they are struggling to work together and so we've really been diving deep into weaving these things, these concepts together and building out a specific program that helps you not only master budgeting, cash flow, get out of debt, all the financial things, but also helps you figure out how to do that as two individuals coming together who want to work on things like building trust, improving communication, understanding each other more, all of those different things.
1: Right. And and reaching all those big goals that couples have, buying their first home supporting their family. You got all these goals, but you're, you might not be sure exactly how to make them happen. And it's very frustrating trying to figure it out while you're juggling every other piece of your life.
0: And it becomes really frustrating in your marriage. Like when you feel stuck together, you're both frustrated, you're both working so hard and not seeing the traction that you wanna see, not getting the life that you really wanted to build together, right? That becomes really frustrating. That's where the issues in the relationship can start. And like we said earlier, the statistics just don't look great. So even if it's not leading towards divorce, like just could it be better? Probably. And do you want that shortcut? Do you want that easy button to say, yes, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do because I don't have time to figure it out by myself because all the extra time is just more time that I'm frustrated. So for us, it was a matter of controlling what we could control. We did not get to the point of having these huge money fights. We didn't get to this like really dark place where a lot of people You know, they'll tell us like, oh, that sounds so great. Like so many people need that because they think that like you have to be in this really awful position to need financial coaching. That's not where we were at all. We were just in a really happy relationship and we saw that money was going to hold us back from the life that we wanted. And we knew that that would cause a lot of pain. And it just we wanted more for ourselves. And so it wasn't a matter of like we were fighting. We're just trying to tell you that it could get that bad. Um, if you are fighting about it, you're all that's also normal. So it's okay, we can help you out with that. But it's just important to realize that like at any stage that you're really at, this is something that could relieve a lot of pressure from your relationship or keep you from ever experiencing some pressure that just is gonna come at you eventually.
1: And that's why we're so excited to be helping married couples with their personal finances because it's just so personal to us. We've we've really experienced it and we enjoy helping the couples that we've coached in the past. And that's why we're just gonna continue To help couples.
0: So, if this episode really meant a lot to you, you felt like it was impactful and it made a lot of sense, we definitely encourage you to share it with your spouse, share it with your significant other, and start having these conversations more about money if you're curious and want to learn more about how to do that. Make sure that you hit subscribe so that you don't miss an episode because episodes are now dropping weekly and more of our content is going to be geared specifically to married couples navigating their personal finances together.
1: So that wraps it up for this week's episode. And until next week, I'm Dylan Pollock,
0: And I'm Rebecca Brooks. And And we're we're Rad Coaches. Coaches.